Amen. All right. At this time, please turn to the book of Song of Solomon. Song of Songs. Song of Loves. Which is Solomon's. That When you have a blend of instruments like that playing, it really puts out a beautiful sound. I, I felt like just saying, just keep playing. Just keep playing. That's really good. But... Uh, we want to talk tonight about true love. But what, but what I'd like to say first of all, concerning the women's meeting and the men's fellowship, these are both predicated on eating, obviously. And I know with women it's a little different. You know, it's all about presentation, uh, done right, health, dainties. With men, it's get a hot fire and throw some slabs of meat on there and let's get to eating. And, amen. So it's, it's, a, it's a feast of the beasts. Better be good beasts. But, it's, but that's what we'll try to do. And I would tell everyone, on both ends, uh, you should try to come. You should try to go to both of those. It'll be a great fellowship. And well, so what we want to do tonight is talk about love and some people would honestly say, I've never been loved. I've never known love. You have been loved, you just may not know it. And I know we're talking to people on a Sunday night here at church, but you have been loved because the Bible says God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. He has loved you already. He gave you the greatest love of all, everyone. So no one can say, I'm not loved. Because you're loved by the greatest of all, the God of heaven. So let's read Song of Solomon chapter 8. And we're going to read verses 4 through 7. Just four verses. We'll read these responsibly. I ask that we all stand together. I will begin in verse 4 and we'll end in verse 7. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, that ye stir not up nor awake my love until he please. Who is this that cometh up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? I raised thee up under the apple tree. There thy mother brought thee forth. There she brought thee forth that bare thee. Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death, jealousy is cruel as the grave, the coals thereof are coals of fire, which hath a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it would be utterly be content. And let's pray. Father, I ask that thou would, as we look at love and thy love, may we be moved and stirred to love thee more and to love the brethren and to love all that pertains to thy kingdom. And we ask this uh, help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Love. The strongest of emotions. And we heard a great message about a month ago on the beginning of Song of Solomon on his banner over me is love. 
Love is by far the strongest of emotions, even surpassing hate. You think hate's pretty strong, but love is stronger. It's just like light versus darkness. Light always wins over darkness. The darkness comprehended it not, but light, uh, light always wins. So we're talking about the state of being of love, and it's the greatest. Did not God say the greatest of these is love? So the greatest uh, state of being, we use the term in the modern era of to be in love. But it's just to, be, to have love. To be the recipient of love and to be the giver of love. You know, and so, but we know people do crazy things because of hate. The most craziest of things of all uh, are done by hate. We know that people sink into deep despair from grief and sorrow and do things that they can't, they would have never dreamed. So we know these emotions drive people to do certain things. We know men become elated when they're very excited. And they will get. They will actually uh, get out of their shell and become. And they'll show themselves when they're excited. But really, nothing compares to love. And so, true love is unstoppable. So, what we're going to do is just speak of true love. Uh, I don't know how long we'll be here, but I've I've had these things on my heart all week. So let's talk about this. True love. It's unstoppable. Strong as death. The Bible says. You know, when a man and woman go to the wedding altar, what do they say? Till death do us part. Love is as strong as death. We just read it, and it's as gripping as an iron vice. Once you get, once you have love, and if it's love done right and and uh, born right from God, it's true love. It's said that love conquers all. It says love believeth all things. It beareth all things. It hopeth all things. It endureth all things. It never faileth. Charity never faileth. And so what we find is, and we read these verses, that the flames of, of love burn hot and long and fiery and are unquenchable. You know, we say love. Very dangerous game to play. Because you might get hurt. You're probably going to get bit. And you're going to get burned. Love is like a war. If you enter into the, the uh, war of love, you may come out hurt. But if you truly loved, you can't, it won't change. The old term love hurts. Some people would say, I'll never love again. I'll ne I've been hurt so many times, I'll never love again. But when you learn about the love of God, you'll find that you can love again. Love is, is unquenchable. It's unstoppable. It's always victorious. It came from God. And so true love is patient. True love is kind. True love is tolerant. It's very sacrificing. Yet on the same thing, it's jealous. True love is very jealous. It's envious. It's cruel. It's protective. It harbors. This is love. It's possessive. It's protective. It's love. You know, we say love will change a person. You know, we say, what happened to that guy's acting crazy? He's crazy. No, he's in love. He's not acting out of character anymore. He, something got a hold of him. He got into love. And so the world speaks of love in a very strange and twisted way because they base it all on desire and experience 
in affection and feeling. And we know that. But true love is a commitment. True love is enduring. True love is conquering and conquers all. Why? Love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. And then, God is love. So we speak tonight of love that is born from the very heart of God. The Bible says Jesus came out of the heart of God, the bosom of the Father. So true love is unquenchable. We read it in verse 7. And the fires of love cannot be put out. They cannot be quenched. And no matter what the offense is, love endures. No matter what the hurt that takes place or the tenure of love. Some people say, I've been in this so long, I just kind of fell out of love. No. Ask those who have been married 50 years. Love is stronger than ever. Love is stronger than ever. And all the things they went through didn't put that fire out. Actually made it stronger. So we find that love remains. And it says right here in verse... 6 and 7, that the floods of persecution and the trials and the troubles of life can try to put the fire out. And we're talking all-out floods can try to put the fire of love out, yet if it's true love, it will still burn. And the wick is fresh because it came from the love of God. And so, love is so strong it says that a person would be willing to give all for it. All. And then on the flip side, one who has true love would not trade that love for anything that the world has to offer. There's no amount of money. There's not another person. There's not another circumstance where they would trade in the love, if it's true love, for that. It'll be utterly contemned. Utterly the Bible says, content. Love would laugh at the proposition. Are you kidding me? I have love. I want nothing else. You got nothing better than that. You can't give me better. You can't trade me for better. You can give me your whole household and all of your possessions and everything you are and have, yet I laugh at that because I have love so much better. Love can't be extinguished. It can't be diminished. It can't be altered. And it can't be reversed if it's true love. Because the love of God is so vast and so enduring, it'll never, ever go out. Let's talk about love tonight. God told Israel, I love thee with an everlasting love. No matter what Israel does, God still loves Israel. Israel's done the worst things of all. They crucified His own Son. But Jeremiah 31.3 says, I've loved thee with an everlasting love. My love for Israel shall never go out. And he said in Malachi chapter 1, verse 2, I have loved you. Talking to Israel. And then he comes to the world and he says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He loved us uh, so much, He gave all. In the incarnation of Jesus Christ, God becoming a man and then going to the cross proved the very love of God. It's the ultimate proof of the love of God. God doesn't have to prove His love anymore. He's proved it all. He's proven it all Amen. through His Son. He cannot go any further than that. If someone will not receive the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, they can go no further with the love of God. 
They will not have it. They will not be a recipient of it. One must receive His love. Now the Bible says, but God commendeth His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8 He showed it. He commended His love and He gave us His love. So by receiving God's Son, you are accepting the love of God and you enter into the vast universe of the love of God. And when you read Song of Solomon, it talks about this vast universe of love that the people of God will enter into, the church as a whole, but us individually, if you'd allow it, this relationship with the God of heaven that you are accepted in the beloved. Wow. The beloved of God. We'll say dearly beloved. Well, we're God's dearly beloved. It says in Revelation 1.5, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He loved us that much. Ephesians 2.4, For his great love wherewith he loved us. And I'm getting somewhere with this. Stay with me. You know, he saved us from sin and quickened us back to life because of his great love wherewith he loved us. And so God, through his Son, brought his love to us. And so when you received it, you're forever connected to that love. You're forever in that love, and you cannot be separated from that love once you accepted the love of God, Jesus Christ, His Son. You can't be separated that. We know the great verses on this. Romans 8.35, who's got it memorized? For who shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Nay, in all these things we're more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life... How's the rest of it go? I've got my cheat notes right here. Nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. So once you go enter into that love, you're in it forever. And it's doubtless, it's sure, God loves the church. He gave Himself for it. He gave Himself for it. He loves the saints. So think about this. We're considered His great love. His great love. His true love. That's what we're speaking of tonight. The one and only bride of Jesus Christ. His one true love. Now 1 John 4.10 says here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. Right? And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Love started with Him. It'll end with Him. I, I looked at this. Fifteen times in the book of Song of Solomon it mentions He loves his bride. That He loves us. It mentions 15 separate times that He loves. Not one time does it say He did love us or He loved us in the past. It's He loves or He lovest constantly, ever-present love of God. He loves us. And the Bible says in 1 John 4.19, we love Him. Why? Because He first loved us. So He first loved us, therefore we acknowledge that love that moves us to love Him. God loves us so much. Think about this. 
The problem is, though, is the love reciprocated back to him. We know that he loves us. We have no doubt that he loves us. Think about this. You know he loved you before you ever even thought of loving him? Do you know he loved you before you even had a thought? Think about that. You never thought of him. You didn't care for him. You didn't love him. Yet he loved you. And he loved you so much that he prepared way ahead of time so that you could bask in and benefit from his very love. But now, now that we know this, what do we do? We love him. We love him because he first loved us. And now it's a shared love. Now it's, now it's somewhere because now, we're, now he's benefiting back. We're loving Him because He first loved us. Therefore, there's an interaction and a sharing of His love and His redeeming love brought us to this point where we could love Him. But here's the question. How deep is our love for Him? How deep is it? You know, the love of God is so fast and deep and high that we can't comprehend it. But what about us? You know, ours is pretty small. But if you will start thinking about how much He loves you and really think about it a lot and consider it well, you will start developing a true love for the God of heaven. And it will be abiding and it will be just like His. Ever present, ever growing, ever moving, getting greater. We say sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Sweeter than the day before is my life and my relationship with my God really something. As I studied this Song of Solomon, I noticed this pattern in the behavior. He initiates the love. He loved her. He picked her. Like he said a couple weeks ago, out in the field, saw her working. Saw her working hard. He saw what nobody else saw. He saw a queen. And so he went and he drew near to her and he showed her his love and he expressed it. And then he proved it. And then she loved him in return. And she showed that love. So it went back and forth all the way through the book. He talks about his love for her. She talks about her love for him. And so 15 times he loves us. 13 times it says she loves him. What do we see here? You're supposed to try to match the love of God by loving him back to the best of your ability. Don't you see? Love is like a fire. So the burning embers of love for Him and all that He did for us, you know, you should have this for Him. That sacrificial love that would make you do things that you just normally would never do and people can't understand it. You're in love. Excluding love. Only to Him. Expressing love. Where you express your love to God and then you describe your love to Him and then your love endures through all types of trial and trouble. And it's unquenchable. And it's expanding. And it's growing. Think about this. And John, notice this all. And John wrote some amazing things about the love of God. In John 14, 21, it says, He that loveth me, this is Jesus speaking, shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him. And will manifest myself to him. So God first loved us. And then if you will believe on Jesus Christ and love Him, the Bible says the Father moves in and He loves you. 
and then he, he will uh, manifest himself to you, you will understand more of him so that you might love him more, and it's an expanding love. That's why it says in verse 23, if a man will love me, he'll keep my words. My father will love him and come unto him, and we will make our abode with him. Now we're going to live together. This is amazing. It's all reciprocated love back and forth from us and God. For some reason, we just want to be the, the recipients. We don't want to love Him. We don't want to sacrifice and give all for Him as He did for us. So the question is, do you love Him tonight? He says, sure I do. you love Him more than the day you were saved? Do you see yourself loving Him more and more as you learn more Bible and with each passing year of your life? Do you, are you growing in your love to the God of heaven? And here's the good question. It's, is He your beloved? He calls us His beloved. Is He your beloved? Do you desire God? Uh, do you want Him? Do you want only Him? Do you run to Him when you get the chance? This is all found in Song of Solomon. She ran to Him. She sought Him out. She searched for Him until she found Him. And when she found Him, she grabbed a hold of Him and would not let go. And then it says she took Him home to her mother. I got a I, mama and got a, the family's got to meet him. This is my love. I'm not ashamed of my one true love. I don't want to be separated from my one true love. I, I will separate myself for him, not from him. Now, are you giving your all to him? Do you crave God? Did you know the psalmist said in Psalm 42, my soul thirsteth for the living God. I thirst for Him. I hunger for Him. Do you have that thirst? So in Song of Solomon, this is supposed to be us. This describes our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. She loves Him. She speaks of Him all the time. She describes her love for Him. She describes His greatness. She does her best to express her love. She puts forth the effort to love Him back. And then it says she produces for Him. Puts out fruit for her beloved. And she keeps herself, like we say in our wedding vows, only unto thee so long as I both, we both shall live. I keep myself to Him and Him alone. Why? He's my beloved. You don't find me in the field of the companions. I am His, and He is mine. His banner over me is love. So here's another good question. We're just talking tonight. What is your greatest love? What is it? Who is it? Whatever it is, what is your greatest love? If it's, if, can you be honest? Is it Him? Is it truly Him? Your energies? That which you put your strength toward, that'll tell you what your love is. What you think about the most. So God loves you. So let's, let's move on here. This is what I really want to talk about tonight. So in our text, we see something what I think is uh, very spectacular here. And uh, we see something very clear. And I want to read this again. It says in verse 6, Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death, jealousy is cruel as the grave. These are strong words when you're talking about love, right? 
Strong is death, cruel is the grave. The coals thereof are the coals of fire which hath the most vehement flame, burning hotter than the coals of the juniper. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. Now, I will stop there, but think about this. When you read these verses and you really see what Jesus is saying here, He's speaking. This is the bridegroom speaking. And now we understand why He comes to us and He says, I want you to love Me supremely. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. I want it all. I am your beloved. And you're mine. I already gave you my all. This is Him speaking. You owe me your all. But it's not an owe. It's you give it willingly when you realize how much He loves you. Now you can grasp why Jesus said you must love Him and hate your family. Because to love something means you have to hate something else. You cannot say you have love if you don't have hate. We hear this in the pulpit all the time. We read this throughout the whole Bible. They said Jesus loved righteousness and hated iniquity. You cannot love righteousness if you don't hate iniquity. And you can't love God if you don't hate sin. We know these things. And you can't love heaven if you don't hate the world. We know these things. But, now we know why He says to you, and He says, you come and follow Me. And hate not your mother, or your father, or your brother, or your sister, or your wife, or your husband, or your lands. In your own life also, you cannot be my disciple. You don't, you're not my... You don't have me as your beloved. That's what he's basically saying. A true disciple. That's why he says, and we can understand this when you look at these views, deny yourself and follow me. Or you cannot be my disciple. You don't even love your own life. You love his because you love him. Your love for God is so strong. What does it say? Jealous? Yeah, love is, true love is jealous. It's strong, it's fiery, it's protective, and it's not going out because it's the love of God. And that's why nothing between my soul and the Savior. Lord, let nothing get between me and thee. You're my own one true love. So compared to Jesus Christ, everything else is utterly contemned. Compared to our love for Him, everything, well, I say it again, it says utterly contemned contend it's not even worth the thought he's that great she told him thy love to me is better than wine best thing to head back then you are the one my soul loveth he says I love you she said more than all the companions you're the only rose in the valley of Sharon the only rose. There is no other rose. He's the rose of Sharon. You are the only lily of the valleys. None else even matter. He's ba she's basically saying, I don't even see any other lilies. He is the lily. She said, I'm so in love. I'm sick of love. I'm lovesick. It, I have been, it's so, we say, how can we do this? Well, if you understand how much he really loves you, You'll have it. You know what she told him? You're my fair one. That's why we sing the songs. Fair stood 10,000 to my soul. 
He's the fairest of all because He is. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you see His love, and then answer, do you love Him? I have one last thought. Jesus is basically saying, my love for the church is a burning, unquenchable fire that can never be put out. That's what He's saying about us. And He says it's hot, burning coals. Hot as hot can be. His love is so great for us. You know what they're saying? It's like hate to everything else. That's what we're getting at here. God's love for the church is so pure and strong, everything else is hated. That's why when people go to hell and get thrown into the lake of fire, the hot, quenching coals of the purifying fires of hell, there's a, there is a... Sure, because of sin. Sure, because they rejected the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. I think there's more to it than that. Let's turn over to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. What we find is the true love of God that He has for the children of God is so strong it gets transformed into hate for the enemy. So the love that God has for us is turned into hate for the enemy. We're in 1 Thessalonians 2. And let's read some Bible here. We have a few minutes. It says in verse 14, For ye brethren became followers of the churches of God, which is in Judea, in Christ, or in Christ Jesus. For ye have also suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they please not God, and are contrary to all men forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved to fill up their sins always. Now what does it say? For the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. The uttermost. Why is wrath on them to the uttermost? You know why? They've been opposing the people of God. They've been picking on His true love. They've been against the one He loves the most the saints of the Most High God, the ones He's most protective of. It says in verse 17, But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire, wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. Paul's saying, I'd have come to see you as many times as I possibly could, but something got in the way. It says Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. Because we could not get in. And God's upset because the enemy is picking on and fighting against God's beloved. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Look at verse 5. It says, Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. So this is, here's a token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. Why are they suffering? Because the enemy is making life so hard. Seeing it as a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. God says, I'll get them for you. And I'm going to. Because they're against my beloved. And to you who are troubled, 
Rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see a theme here. Those who oppose are going to get the wrath of God because they are opposing the people of God. Let's look at Philippians chapter 1. Philippians. Philippians 1. Verse 28. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. The token is they have persecuted the people of God. These are adversaries of the soul. That's what they are. They are you think about the people you love the most and when they get mistreated, does it not burn in you? The jealousy of love? When you see them going through tribulation, does it not make you upset if someone did that to your own children or your own loved ones? Yeah, it does. You think God's any different. It's the love of God in us that makes the, the wrath burn against those who are against us. So, think about it. The adversaries of the soul, they abuse His own people. They take us for granted. You know how many Christians have been martyred and put to death for His name in the history of the world? They persecute, they mistreat, they mock, they ridicule. They try to get in your way. They do anything they can to oppose. We see it soul winning all the time. There's always an adversary shows up and tries to keep you from getting somebody from getting saved. We watch this over and over again. They set us at naught. They hinder us. They hate us. They hate the very name of Christ. They bring tribulation to God's beloved. You don't think He's going to... Turn to Romans chapter 12. Is not God going to love His own? And how does He do it? He's God. Well, he ben we benefit from the, the vast love of God, but we see He's going to take it out on the enemies. He's going to take it out on the enemies. Revel uh, Romans 12, verse 19, Dearly beloved. See there? We're His beloved. He's speaking to us as his loved ones, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. Don't try to revenge yourself. Let God do it. He's saying, Get, that's my job or my duty or my right. I will avenge you. I will avenge you. If you've been wronged, you know, we can't take revenge on anybody. We can't take revenge on the devil. God sure can and God will. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink, for in so doing shalt thou heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Think about this. You do good, and you keep living the way you're living as his beloved, and let him take care of you. And in so doing, coals of fire will be heaped upon their head and our souls will be avenged. The enemies of God and the saints, they're headed to hell fire. 
And we read this in Song of Solomon 8 where he said the coals of love are the same thing as the coals of hate because he's jealous for his people. And pure love for his own, it's a pure hate. David even said, I hate them with a perfect hatred. Turn to Psalm 140. This will be our last verse to look at. Psalm chapter 140. This is an imprecatory psalm that David wrote. Look what it says in verse 9. Psalm chapter 140, verse 9. As for the head of those that compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. This is what happens to the enemies. We don't put them in their place. We let our love do it. We allow our beloved to do what only He can do. What am I saying tonight? There's an object of love, and if there's an object of love, there has to be an object of hate. There has to be. There cannot be any other way. How dreadful it is to fall into the hands of the living God. So, let me finish by saying this. One of the causes of hellfire is the love He has for us. Think about that statement. The love He has for His own, which is pure and abiding fire. That's one of the greatest causes for the judgments of hell. The, the jealousy that He has for us and the evil that they did to His people. So He loves us, protects us with His mighty hand, and He will keep us. He will drive out all the wicked, get me, that refused His love when they rejected Israel as the people of God. Didn't I say at the beginning, He loved them with an everlasting love? You pick on Israel, you got God against you. You cannot go against Israel and be blessed of the Lord. In fact, you're bringing a curse on yourself and the Bible says it's the controversy of Zion and He will spew them and consume them with a burning fire, the embers of hell. They rejected the one He loved the most, Israel, His beloved nation. He will drive out the wicked that refused His Son, that hated His Son. Remember that. And then, He will cast out those who have rejected and opposed the church because they are His beloved. And His jealousy is hot, consuming fire. Now we say, Lord, help me to understand this. Help me to get a full grasp of Your love for me which, and in Your hatred for sin. And that you would, we don't have to protect. You know, we think sometimes God doesn't really care about us. He, he works in your life the way He should because He loves you the, the most. He knows us all. He works for us in that way. Let us remember what true love is. It never, never ends. And it abides forever. And we have that in us through Christ. Do you have that love for Him? Let's bow our head. Do you have that love for Him? You know, you say, Lord, 
Like, like it said in Song of Solomon, set me as a seal upon thine heart. Love me as I'll, so I can always love you. Now the question is, did you get a vision of His love for you tonight? Did you understand it? Maybe just a little more. And then in turn, will you get a vision to love Him in such a manner to say, I've not loved you as I should. I've not put my attention and my desire upon you. Basically what I've done is tried to get is receive without giving. And I'm repenting of that tonight. I will love my God and I will love my Savior and I will love my beloved with all my heart. First commandment. And I'll have a jealous, pure, fiery love as He has for me. Will you do business with God tonight and realize, finally just realize His love is better than any thing and all things that this world affords. We need not seek anymore. We found Him whom our soul loveth. We will seek Him early. We will seek Him always. We will seek the Lord God of heaven. I should think about this. I'll pray and we'll have an invitation.